Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sportive AF. I am so excited for this episode, guys. I have just been on the phone to Miko, and she is so inspiring, gives some of the best advice about dealing with doubt, growing up in the spotlight, and honestly, guys, I think you are really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Don't forget to follow Sportive AF on Instagram and Miko Fagate. Let's go, guys. Hey, guys, how are you? Today, I am here with Miko Fagate, former ballerina with the Royal Birmingham Ballet, award-winning dancer from the age of 12, starred in critically acclaimed and award-winning documentary, First Position, recently performed a TED talk and it doesn't stop here guys because not only is she extremely gifted in the art sector but she is now studying at UC Berkeley as an undergraduate student majoring in integrative biology and also researching therapies for brain cancer. Miko how are you? I am honestly left speechless after reading this high achieving bio. (laughs) Oh no thank you so much Audrey. Um, for introducing me and having me on. It's such an honor for me to speak with you today. No, thank you for being on here. You are such an inspiration for so many dancers and just people in general. And honestly, you've inspired me since day one as well. (laughs) Oh, that means so much. Thank you so much. No, I I firstly want to say actually, um, from watching First Position, when you were, I, how old were you, like maybe 12? 12, yeah. <laughs> yep. So that Keytree literally inspired me to do Keytree on YGP. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> and now it's literally full circle. I'm sitting here talking to you today and I couldn't be happier. Oh, wow. That's so, that means so much. Like, it's so crazy to me how people actually like watched that film and watched watched me it's just so weird but it's super cool too yeah it's so cool I mean like that did so well yeah yeah we did not expect that film to do so well because I mean like that documentary maker uh Bess Kargman Mm. she had actually not made any films prior to that she made just like a journalist before that and this is her first film and um, and yeah, so she was just like, hey, I'm going to be filming you guys and oh. making a documentary. And like, so she filmed us for about a year, like on and off. And yeah. then and then we just like did not hear for her, from her for like a year and a half while she was editing and producing the whole thing. <laughs> wow. And we were like, what is happening with this documentary thing? And, and then finally, like I she like premiered it in Toronto where I was able to see it and thankfully I was like really happy with the final version yeah Um, yeah because you know they can always like they like documentary makers or like tv producers can like twist your words in whatever they whatever way they want and so they can either make you have like a good image or a bad image or any (laughs) image that they want you to have so I was just very happy with the outcome especially because Black Swan had come out in the same amount, like same time frame. And so I was scared that it was going to be like all the bad, like all the bad of ballet. Of course. Yeah. Because I know so many people are like, some people who don't know ballet so well are like, oh, I've seen Black Swan. And it's like, well, that's not really what ballet is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I hear that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But 
it's not it's not quite accurate it's yeah. not a documentary it's just like a thriller yes literally. um yeah that's not fair so how did, you, how did you feel? I mean, I've been to Youth American Grand Prix and it is a high-pressured environment, but plus all of the cameras and the documentary crew with you, how did you feel? Yeah, um, I, I was, well, I guess the documentary crew at first, it was only one person that would kind of follow me. Mm-hmm. It was first just Bess, actually. She would just follow me just with her little camera. It was very kind of um, unofficial at first, yeah. um, which was actually nice yeah. for me because it wasn't like overwhelming. It just felt like someone was like one person was filming you, which yes. you just like learn to ignore, mm-hmm. I guess. You just try to ignore them and just focus on your own thing. Um, but then by the time like New York finals came around, there were definitely like me- multiple camera people, multiple sound people, wow. and Bess was just everywhere. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to get all because like she had multiple dancers she had to follow and multiple events that was happening at YGP and um, finals. Um, but yeah, by that point, I had kind of come to you know to ignore the cameras, just focus on myself, just like I usually do, and and I actually had the great experience of being behind the cam uh, being behind the camera when they were filming um Michaela de Prince who's also featured in the film uh, I, like one of her backstage parts that they filmed I was actually be able to be behind the camera and watch wow. how they did it and it was just, it was super cool so it was actually not like it didn't add much pressure for me especially because I had no idea what would happen with this documentary yeah. like yeah it was like I, d- I didn't really expect like it to be what it became to be but um yeah I just try to ignore it and just focus and just do my best that's the best Um, way and I think because it's like as you said you didn't kind of put an expectation on how it would be you would you were just doing your best and kind of competing yeah yeah exactly I was thankful that um I performed well in the final round yeah. Um, and they actually did happen to have cameras that day because I think in the round before the finals, I didn't, I didn't not really dance my best, but luckily they paid a lot of money to have cameras in um, at city center where the finals used to be for YGP. They were, they had to pay like a lot of money to, to even have like one camera there. Wow. But I'm so glad that they did because uh, I danced well in the final. <laughs> That's, that's so good. <laughs> and that's what they showed. I mean, I'm sure you're used to, you were used to nerves, but did you do anything that helped you kind of relax or, you know, some people just don't get nervous, but I find I'm always nervous and I know it's a good nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say I did used to get nervous right before I performed, especially for competitions and high stakes performances. Um, usually I, it was, as you said, it was actually usually good nerves. Um, I would, it's okay. It was okay for me to be nervous and I let myself be nervous because over time I actually realized that I danced better when I did, when I was a little bit nervous and when I did have that adrenaline, I think something about it helped me focus on stage and dance well on stage. So for me, and again, I just want to say that this is different for everybody and everybody manages stress and pressure um differently but for me before performing I actually embraced like a little bit of the stress and um and the nervousness 
and made it like help me in my performances. And of course, I just tried to, you know, keep calm through any of the situations that would happen before a performance. Like, I think that's one thing, one good thing that, you know, competing or performing when you're young helps you with mm. you learn how to manage when something goes wrong from an early age like there's been so many times where my music didn't work out YGP or like <laughs> my, something happens with a costume or whatever you know yes <laughs> I get that <laughs> yeah and you just learn to how learn how to manage that from a young age and not let it affect your performance which um, was very helpful for me growing up yeah, I completely understand you. And that's, I really loved the point you made about nerves can be different for everyone and it kind of, you need to work out what works for you. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah, exactly. So in first position, you were about 12 years old. How did you go at that stage, all of the ballet eyes kind of on you when it was released, uh, you, Michaela de Prince, all of the dancers? How did you go with kind of mm -hmm. that pressure and I guess maturing in the spotlight? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess I filmed the documentary when I was 12, but it only like really came out when I was about, I think I was like 14. And it was only like seen around the world, I think when I was like 15. Wow. So it wasn't all right away when I was 12 that it yeah. all happened, but slowly, but surely over time I think more and more eyes started like watching me and also because um not only because of first position but also my mom was like uploading my YouTube videos yes that, um, that people watched and I started growing my social media presence on Instagram and so all of that combined it it, it wasn't all at once where I felt suddenly like overnight I felt a lot of um, people were following me. It was just over over the years, I, I started gaining more supporters and followers around the world. And especially after first position, I, I think that increased. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I was not super affected by it just because it wasn't the amount of like fame where people stopped me on the streets. I mean, that happened like just a couple times. Yeah, um, and usually it's only dancers that really know me, so it didn't really affect my life that much. It just it was just like the number on, on Instagram like continued to grow. So I don't know, it didn't affect me a lot, <laughs> to be honest. I just kind of continued training and continued doing my best and trying to reach for my next goals in ballet. And yeah, I tried to not let the pressure, I mean, yeah, I didn't honestly, to be very honest, I didn't feel too much pressure um, until I wanted to move away from ballets when I felt more of that pressure. Right, right. And that's something I actually wanted yeah. to talk about because I know myself mm -hmm. and I know many people I've danced with, uh, I know struggle with that doubt and not knowing whether dance is for them and I know having such a large following right. of you know majority dancers uh it can yeah. be kind of facing that ballet may not be your end goal yeah yeah it was super difficult for me um I had just finished uh my first kind of season at my company right. and I just throughout that whole season, I was just realizing that, that 
ballet as a career um, was not for me. Um, and again, like this is just different for everybody and how oh, everybody cool. relates to ballet. So um, I'll just tell like what was happening with me. So I was yeah kind of struggling with some eating issues and also um, I was just not enjoying my time on stage I'd say like all that work that I put in in the studio I was hoping to feel some sort of like some sort of satisfaction or fulfillment you know after performing on stage and when I was younger I thought that was just because like I wasn't feeling that because it was mostly competitions yeah and competitions has that pressure and all of that so I was like oh yeah I don't feel like that satisfaction because it's a competition um, but then when I joined my company and I was doing just regular performances and I was still not feeling that like joy I had hoped to feel. Mm. And I was like struggling with different things. Um, that's kind of when I decided I would, I wanted to pursue something else in my life, um, which I mean, making that decision was super hard for me, but yeah. what was even harder was opening up to the dance community. Definitely. Community. Um, I was just so worried because, like, you know, I'd, I'd built up a following and I was just so afraid of disappointment. And I don't know, it was very, very difficult to open up to the ballet community about my journey away from dance. That It took me two years, like two complete years on Instagram or on any social media to open up about leaving ballet. Like two full years is how long it took me um, to open up and actually when I did open up it wasn't on my own terms really oh, um, really? I did this like quick point magazine interview and I thought that was like I don't know I, they were just like hey can we do like a quick interview to catch up and I was like okay and so we literally just like talked on the I talked on the phone for like 20 minutes with this really nice lady that works there um and then literally like the next day the article was posted and then that day it was like shared by like so many people and I was like, oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> but it was okay. I was like, it was a great way to open up about my story. And I felt like I needed something like that to yeah, finally open up and yeah. share my story. <laughs> and I guess, I guess it kind of just ripped the bandaid off. Like it made you just end up having to say. Yeah. And I, I think um, that's really beautiful actually. Like, Thing, good things take time and taking your time and you know not rushing and saying exactly what's happening I think is really important because like at the end of the day like your privacy is so important and you know what you keep to yourself so I think yeah. a really a really good thing that you took your time in you know announcing it I guess definitely I guess I needed it yeah just like for myself I needed just time um, away, I, I guess, from the ballet world. And I actually started college and I went to this like very rural community in California for my first year of college, where it was just like mountains and rivers <laughs> and like just completely different from the city ballet life that I came from. That's nice. um, but it's exactly like what I needed. I felt like just to kind of get away and um, just reboot myself and just spend some time away from social media mm. and learn what I wanted to do in my future career. Um, so yeah, it was, it, I think it was really nice for me. And even to this day, I'm just not as, um, just not as active, I would say on social media as I used to be. Yeah. Um, and I, and yeah, um, that's just how I am now. But yeah. I, I still like want to connect 
connect with my followers and you know inspire them in any way that I that I can well I can say you really do and all of your posts are always you know positive vibes and super inspiring photos and videos and I also like how sometimes you share like funny things and it's just like a really great community you have yeah. that you built. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I try. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I, I, I'm still getting used to posting as a non-dancer. It's kind of hard for me because like, again, I've built up those followers that are all like mostly dancer related yes. people. And so it's hard to post things that are not dance related, especially because that's what it used to be like a hundred percent of my page was dance related yes and now that I'm not dancing it's, a, it's hard to know what to post yeah um and my life now is just like filled with studying and research and it's <laughs> not as like interesting I would say as like uh, like just the the photos that come out of that is not as interesting <laughs> so it's, it's kind of challenging I know I know exactly so it's, it's a little bit of a challenge that I'm still figuring out of how, yeah. how to what what to post on Instagram, what people still want to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And I wanted to ask because you're obviously talented in dance, whether you dance or not. And the same thing goes to obviously academic studies, but I wanted to ask how much of it was a lot of hard work because I think a lot of people think some things just come super easily, but I have a feeling you worked really hard for both of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess with academics, um, I, I'm like very lucky to have educated parents that from a young age, they were able to, you know, help teach me math and yes. um, English and all of that yeah. in my elementary school. I feel like that's something I'm just very, um, yeah, very lucky to have is parents that could help me with my homework and that's parents great. that pushed me to do well in school when I was young which I think helped me growing up but yeah after that I was just completely focused on ballet and yeah in ballet I did not have you know the perfect like ballet body where um I my feet were like amazing like naturally and my leg shape was like I had both legs and that was sometimes hard to work with and knees that just did not stretch at the beginning um <laughs> And but luckily I was coordinated, which really helped me out. I think where I yes. um, the one thing I could do from a young age was I could like turn, <laughs> and also I just I picked up corrections well. I think from a young age, so yeah, it took a lot of hard work to you know be able to make my legs look all right, and um, and then keep working on the technique that you never. You never, you never become perfect in ballet. There's always somewhere to improve upon and some way to, um, to work harder. Mm, and yes, yes I, it did take a lot of hard work to get to the level that I became in ballet. Yeah. And yeah, many hours in the studio of like blood, sweat and tears. Um, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the only way I could have gotten to that level was with all of that hard work. Um, and I was very thankful to also have you know a parent my mom who helped me so much in driving me to all my lessons and buying the costumes that I needed you know having a supportive parent especially yeah. in the U.S. I would say is 
very um cr not crucial but very helpful if you want to become a professional ballet dancer Definitely. and yeah so it did take a lot of hard work um both in ballet and honestly but after ballet like academics was still hard going back to college again yeah um, for sure <laughs> especially because i just didn't know what to expect yeah you're but... like how do i how do i learn like <laughs> i know <laughs> exactly like i did not even know what to put in my backpack for the first day of school <laughs> i was like oh should i bring a laptop or like you're like where are the point shoes at <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, where do, what, what happens in like a classroom? <laughs> um, but I adjusted, I, I adjusted pretty quickly to college life. Thankfully, again, I started at a very small, like little college that was easy to try, like, you know, start at, I would say, compared to somewhere like UC Berkeley, which I eventually transferred into. Yeah, wow. Um, but honestly, like, if you can do ballet, I think you can do anything. <laughs> Oh, definitely. It teaches you such fundamental lessons in life. And have you found that because you did start with ballet when you were younger, that all of those learnings have still taken you into like college life and really learning what you're doing now? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that um, thankfully I did have a good basis or base of education when I was younger but it really did stop when I was around like 11 or 12 yeah um so it was a good base until then and then after that yeah. I was just not really as focused on my academics I still did go to school online and I still finished high school but I it was just not my focus at the time yeah um, because of ballet um but yeah I think it did help me especially with um my math skills I think when I was younger I I was decent at math, so when I did go back to college and I went straight into calculus, wow. and um, yeah, I did have to kind of brush up on my algebra, and I was honestly so nervous. I was like, oh my god, what is calculus? Like, what is this? And also chemistry is challenging too, but luckily my professors were just incredible at my first community college, and I just loved them so much, and they were very nurturing. Um, but yeah, I tried to, I tried to stay on top of it, and... Um, it, I mean, we didn't even get grades back then, I don't think. But yeah, just having a good basis in like multiplication and division and a little bit of algebra coming in was definitely super helpful um, for my college, college math for sure. Yeah, totally. So now switching, switching it up a bit. So we've talked about the university and your amazing studies. Now, mm -hmm. go back a little bit and I just want you to talk me through like, how was company life and did it kind of live up to your expectations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was with Birmingham Royal Ballet. And to be honest, I only have great things to say about the company. Like the company was amazing. The people were amazing. I met some of the most incredible people there. Um, but it was honestly just more of a struggle for me with not being happy with my own body both physically and mentally, just being in ballet. I just never felt like my body was good enough. And it was just a struggle I'd been struggling with for like a decade or more by then. And it was just, I was so tired of it by the time I entered my company and I was in my company. And as I touched on a little bit before, I just realized when I was at my company that although we were performing the such amazing ballets like Swan Lake and Romeo and Juliet, midsummers and just amazing ballets I was still not feeling that joy that I was hoping to feel 
Um, so company life was, was kind of what I expected. I have nothing bad to say about the company. The company was amazing. The people were amazing. It was just my own relationship with ballet and being a ballet dancer that was starting to shift. Totally. Um, but yeah, I guess ballet company life is different from student life in a lot of ways where you don't get as much attention. You have to work on your own, um, technique. Like if you want to improve, you have to do put in the work yourself like the t- the coach or ballet master ballet mistress won't tell you really you just have to work on it yourself or find another dancer to help you out it's yes. sometimes what people do um but i i mean company life was was nice and it works out for a lot of people but and again i just want to say that i love the company it was nothing with the company um, it was a great company, but um, it was just my relationship with ballet as a whole that was shifting. No, I totally get that. And I know myself, uh, when I was transitioning from kind of 14, 15 to 16, 17, um, kind of the age I yeah. am now, I feel like I'm starting to just get used to my body as now it is kind of older and more mature and yeah. sometimes I feel like in the ballet world, it's not so accepted or maybe it's the idea that we think it's not so accepted, but it's definitely something right. hard to deal with. And I think on behalf of a lot of my followers ask me questions like how to deal with body image and all of that type of thing. So what would be your advice on that if you had anything to give? Yeah, I think body image is such a big thing in ballet you're constantly looking at yourself in the mirror and it's something that you know you even if it's not talked about that much you definitely feel pressure from the ballet especially the ballet community more than just the regular dance community and more than even just regular society it's like the most I think I don't know how to explain it but even though it might not be talked about or it may be someone might tell like a coach or something might tell you that your body's not whatever whatever it needs to be mm-hmm. um so yeah. it's like definitely a struggle in ballet um which I experienced a lot growing up and I yeah. again that's part of the reason why I decided to go towards another career yeah. but I just want to say that you know any anybody can you know can still like dance and still enjoy ballet no matter what their body looks like or um it still should be something something that anyone can enjoy and that's um and that's something I've tried I've been accepting too is I've you know throughout college I did go back and take a few ballet classes and instead of just you know focusing on um like what ways my body isn't good enough or whatever I was just focusing on just the movement and enjoying this the feel of stretching and the music and all of that is something you can try to focus on more than just um just focusing on which body part doesn't look good that day or whatever you know which is very easy to do if you go look at yourself in the mirror every day for like a decade or multiple (laughs) decades it's like so easy but so you know, just trying to focus. And like, yeah, yeah. Especially being and, in but, like a room with like full of like beautiful bodies and like beautiful yeah. people who can just dance so well. It's so mm-hmm. easy to just compare yourself and then look at yourself and be like, oh, yeah. this part's not good enough. Like, and you just get so in your head. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so, so easy. 
um, to compare yourself, like just what you said in ballet, there's so many people that are so beautiful and you're like, oh, they have it so easy. Um, But yeah, no one has it easy and ballet is something that we need to know. And also, yeah, again, try just not to compare yourself to everybody. It's everyone has a different body. Everyone matures differently. Um, And yeah, and I guess just try to love the body that you're given and just work with your own body, not against your own body. Um, I think that's very important. No, that is honestly such amazing advice, Mika. And I think as well, what you just said, like everyone does have their own problems and does have their own struggles. And I think mm-hmm. that's something important. Like sometimes we get so in our own world that like we forget that other people are possibly struggling. And I think that's something that's really yeah good and bad about the dance community because we can all bring each other up and support each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that we all do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I hope to be, you know, what I've started teaching um, ballet when I, when I stopped dancing professionally, which has been so amazing. And I hope to be like that, the teacher that um, is like positive about your body. Yeah. And, you know, still push you to work hard in class, of course, because that's the only way to improve. But yeah, (laughs) but you know, go about it in like a positive way and a way that you're not, not again, like just working with the body that you have and making it the best that you that you can make it instead of trying to look like another body or trying to you know hide something um I don't know I just I hope to be like a positive ballet teacher and um learn from the ballet teachers that I've or ballet coaches I've worked in the past with and bring the best out of all of them (laughs) is what I hope to do honestly like after just speaking to you for a little bit like you're such a positive influence and I we've been following each other for I don't know how long a long time and I always I always so comfortable coming to talk to you about anything and I just get the best positivity from you so I can tell you you're already on that right track oh thank you I mean yeah that's what I hope to like leave I guess is you know positivity um in the world like we don't uh, like life is not super long but one thing I hope to leave is like positivity behind me and you know try to bring each like try to bring up each other and try to bring up others and encourage others to you know be positive and be of course it's it's not always happy times but yeah try to look at the positive side of things and um yeah and just support each other I think that's just so important especially in like the ballet community and dance community for sure mm, no that's it's so true like if we can all like love and support and bring each other up I think that's one of the best ways to inspire people as well mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure and I mean and with this age of like cyberbullying and just bullying in general it's there's always so many not always but there's sometimes negative comments negative energy on social media and I yeah even that like I just hope to you know just be a place or a person um that people can reach out to or um talk to um about anything in their life and I think you're that too Audrey like you're so super positive and super amazing to talk to and even just doing this podcast is 
is amazing. So well done. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're making me blush, Miko. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's one of the main reasons why I really wanted to create this platform and also under the name of the brand that I'm coming out with, like all inclusive of all sizes, genders, colors. I think it's just like, we're all one, we're all living on this earth and yeah. we can do anything we can to even just like, even if I just help one person, like that has a ripple effect on helping many, many people. So I Definitely. think- I think it's just such an important time as well. Like during COVID, the whole energy of the world is just a little bit down. So if, you know, helping people, sending positive vibes and, you know, inspiration and motivation, like it's just like one of the things I'm most passionate about as well. That is so, so awesome. And yeah, your new new brand sounds so cool and that it's so inclusive. Um, of all all different types of people so that's so amazing oh thank you Mika and I'm so excited to have you on the team as well yeah yeah super excited so I wanted to say that obviously like to this day you are still admired by so many dancers around the world and you know people as well and I think that's so beautiful but do you have any advice now you have taken a step away from dance and looking back Is there anything you have to say? Um, Yeah, I think the biggest thing I took away from transitioning away from ballet is to not really, I think you hear this so many times um, and it's repeated so much, but um, to not really worry about what other people think. Like we, again, we kind of touched on this a little bit before, but we think that other people are, um, are thinking about us all the time and are examining all our steps in our own life. But to be honest, what I learned from transitioning away from ballet is people are just generally happy for you. If you're happy in your own life and if you're succeeding in whatever you wanted to succeed. Um, So that's like the biggest takeaway I took, you know, I was so afraid of coming out about my journey to the dance world. But when I finally did, and when that point magazine, you know, article. Yeah. Um, come on to social media like it blew up like so fast like so many shares but in such a positive way like That's it's something so- I didn't expect um and I was super I mean I was very thankful for that because people were you know very actually very supportive and reaching and uh, some people even reached out saying that they had somewhat of a similar journey wow. and um yeah and so that's the biggest takeaway is like do do you like, do something that you want to do and don't live your life according to what other people want you to do. But um, yeah, just do what, I guess, yeah, do what you want to do and don't worry about what other pe- people think. Well, of course you, of course everyone still like thinks about that, but yeah. try to just, you know, do you. And if, even if, you know, you think that other people might be worried about, like worried for you or don't want you to do something, like, like don't worry about them. Cause Honestly, they probably aren't even thinking about you. They're thinking about their own lives. Yeah. So yeah, that's the biggest takeaway was just, you know, do you and don't worry about what other people think. That's such good advice because like, that's something as well. Like I always think about, I'm like, oh, should I post this? Will people like it? But then at the end of the day, it's like, if I like it and you know, by my family are like, yeah, that's cool. It's like, just post it. It may, yeah. someone, it may not. It's like, whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. It's like people will like you if they like you and if people will like you for what you post and if someone doesn't like you then that's okay. There's like seven billion people or maybe even more by now like so many people in this world and you don't need to please everybody exactly. so I think there was a quote that I, I can't quite remember but it was along the lines of like um you may not like please everybody in this world or something I forget the quote I wish I remembered it but it was something along <laughs> the lines of you can't please everybody in this world when you die but at least you have you should have like pleased like yourself so you should have done what you wanted to do in your life so um, true so true yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. it's like yeah that I love that quote actually I, I feel the vibe of the quote <laughs> yeah oh my god I wish I like knew the actual words to it but that was <laughs> a very helpful quote when I was um going into college for sure yeah, no that's so amazing well Miko I wish I could speak to you forever we'll have to have you on the podcast again to talk about other things because <laughs> You're just so inspiring and I am so, so grateful to have had you on this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored again to be on your podcast. No problem. um, Be part of your family on on your new brand. So cool. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Have a great day to you too. Okay, guys, that was the podcast. And wow, Miko is such a beautiful person inside and out and so intelligent. Some of those things she said has really touched me and I will definitely take them on in my daily life. So guys, thank you again. Please follow Miko and please follow Sportive AF to get updates on our weekly guests, on our weekly subjects and anything you guys want to talk about. So I'm going to go now and have a great day or night. Lots of love, Audrey.